Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Whereas it appears from official reports that Dr. Mary E. Walker, a graduate of medicine, has rendered valuable service to the government and her efforts have been earnest and untiring in a variety of ways, and that she was assigned to duty and served as an assistant surgeon in charge of female prisoners at Louisville, Kentucky, upon the recommendation of Major General Sherman and Thomas, and faithfully served as contract surgeon in the service of the United States, and has devoted herself with much patriotic zeal to the sick and wounded soldiers, both in the field and hospitals, to the detriment of her own health, and has also endured hardships as a prisoner of war four months in a southern prison while acting as contract surgeon, and whereas by reason of her not being a commissioned officer in the military service, a brevet or honorary rank cannot, under existing laws, be conferred upon her, and whereas in the opinion of the President an honorable recognition of her services and suffering should be made, it is ordered that a testimonial thereof shall be hereby made and given to the said Dr. Mary E. Walker, and that the usual medal of honor for meritorious services be given her given under my hand in the city of Washington, D.C., this 11th day of November, A.D., 1865. Andrew Johnson, President. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Person of Interest. I am Ed, and the wonderful voice that you heard is my wife, Tammy, who will be assisting me tonight in this very special episode. And why, why is this episode so significant tonight, Tammy? Well, as it's March, um, March is Women's History Month, um, and so I figured since Dr. Walker was the only female to ever receive the Medal of Honor, we should go right ahead and, and do a show on her. So you're saying she's the only female to ever earn the Congressional Medal of Honor? There haven't been any other ones? None. None whatsoever. She is the only one to have ever received it. Wow, that's uh, that's fascinating. And so with the changes in the military now and how the military's kind of gone off to allow women in combat, I would suspect that maybe we could see this more often. What, do you, what are your thoughts? It's very likely going to happen. Yeah, because, I mean, before women really couldn't serve in those key combat roles that you see the Medal of Honor uh, awarded for, and now they'll have those opportunities. And, and I know there's just as many brave women out there uh, serving our country as there are men. So that's awesome. So what rank was Dr. Walker? Uh, she wasn't. <laughs> she, so she got the Medal of Honor and she wasn't in the military? That's correct, yeah. She, um, she was a, a, a doctor. Um, she was the second doctor, second female doctor, sorry, ever in the United States. Um, and... With her doctorate, when the Civil War broke out, um, she decided that it was her duty to join the Union and fight for her country. Um, now, granted, they wouldn't give her a commission. They wouldn't even um, let her join because she was a female. So she had to volunteer for, I believe it was, the first three years of her service. So not only is she the only woman to ever win the Medal of Honor... She's also the second ever woman doctor in the United States. That's right. Right? 
and she still found a way to serve her country during the Civil War. That's correct, yes. Wow, that's that's an influence. It I, is. I would say it's an influence. <laughs> uh, so you've obviously done some research. What, what in, in, in all your research that you did, what really stood out for you? What had an influence on you as, as a woman? Um, I would have to say that it was just her her tenacity um like i said she she volunteered for the union army for three years before they even looked at her and gave her a commission um she had decided that no matter what she was going to do her part and she was going to help fallen soldiers she was going to help on the home front she was going to help any way she possibly could with her medical degree now, obviously, in those times, and as a as a woman doctor, I mean, she didn't serve on the front lines at all, right? Oh no, she did. <clears throat> Where? Where did she serve? Um, she was on the the front lines um, when the Civil War uh, broke out. She was at the Battle of Bull Run. She um, she was there taking care of both Confederate and Union soldiers. Um, no matter what was wrong with them, she was willing to to put her neck on the line and her health on the line in order to heal and help um, injured soldiers. So just the Battle of Bull Run in 1861 is the only time that she served on the front line, though. So the majority of her time was spent kind of in the rear supporting the fight? Somewhat, yes. Um, the second time that she was um, as close as could come to the front line was the Battle of Chickamauga in Tennessee. Um, she had the, the battle had just finished, and she came in behind to help and clean up. So you've actually been to that battlefield, right? I have, yes. Yeah, and what, what did you think of the battlefield as a whole? <laughs> it gave me chills. It was... I don't even have the words. You have more words to express it better than me. Um, for me, it was it was just awe-inspiring, but it was also kind of sad in the fact that, you know, we know so many soldiers on both sides, Confederates and Union, were lost during that battle. Yeah, and so the lost uh, soldiers, the, the KIA, killed in action, and then the wounded in action were numerous. So, I mean, Dr. Walker had to be, she had to be really busy as a doctor treating him. And, you know, of course, I mean, medicine wasn't what it is today. A lot of times it was like, oh, we can't treat the, this injury, uh, take the limb. Like, you know, did a lot of amputations and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Where else did she, you know, serve her country during the Civil War? Um, well, before before we continue there, at the Battle of Chickamauga, um, you're right. She had to go fast. She was running from soldier to soldier, trying to help them, heal them. Um, and, you know, at that time for women, women were still um, supposed to be wearing dresses and long skirts. And But Dr. Walker kind of laughed at the decorum for women um, and she chose to wear men's pants um, for a while she wore them under her skirts and after a while she just lost the skirts and was like nope that's it I'm just wearing pants it's so much easier to get around it's quicker um, and I have um, faster access to these soldiers um, so with her having to go so fast she altered her dress in order to 
get around faster. So what kind of so doing something like that? What kind of uh, impact did it have uh, as far as her? Or how people perceived her, uh, do you know? Well, for a while there, they thought that she was a spy. Um, because she was in men's clothing, they figured, oh, she's parading around trying to pretend that she's a man. Um, so <laughs> she's she's got to be, you know, keeping secrets or doing anything else. So she eventually um, let her hair down so that you could still tell she was a woman, but she was wearing pantaloons, as she called them. Um, so she had long hair and it was curly. And as long as her hair was down, then the men were like, oh, okay, that is a woman. She's not trying to be a man. Oh, that is fascinating. That's, that's really, I mean, I can imagine at that point in history, it was so like looked down upon and, uh, and, and then she's in a profession that's men dominant. Obviously if there's only two doctors, women doctors, and then she's treating sick and wounded in war. Exactly, yeah. And she had been arrested a couple of times for wearing these pants as well because the the police were just like, she's definitely masquerading as a man. She's impersonating a man. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can't have this. She needs to follow decorum and dress appropriately. And then um, Congress finally stated, you know what, that's it. We're not having her arrested anymore. We're done with this. If anyone else arrests her, you'll have to take it up with the local judge. Um, so she eventually got it um, more or less written, but not really written down, that she was, in fact, allowed to wear pants. It's a good thing they don't still do that, because I don't think in all our years of marriage, I've seen you in a dress more than five times. <laughs> so you'd have done a lot of prison time. Oh, I sure would. <laughs> <laughs> so what else did you find in your research about her that really stood out to you, um, you know, a, a, as a woman, like that made you appreciate her more? Um, well, aside from her tenacity, which I already said, um, she was a very, very firm believer in women's rights. So she was all for women's suffrage, um, and she was for the women's right to vote. Um, she obviously being a, a female doctor, um, she was huge on, on equality. Um, and she never gave up. She was always, always going um, in one direction or another for um, women and, and giving them more empowerment. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's it. She, she didn't give up her fight for, for women's rights, and I think that makes her the perfect topic of, of discussion for Women's History Month. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, so when I worked with Brian uh, at the academy, uh, we've talked about before how the students had to do like an oral history brief where they talked about somebody. And she um, was somebody that I ran because I was trying to come up with new people. And we tried to stick because it's a, um, a NCO school, a non-commissioned officer school. We tried to stick with non-commissioned officers who have done heroic things for the student's assignment. And in researching, I found her and I was so hopeful that she was going to be a soldier and a, and a non-commissioned officer. And, um, but I learned about her through my research to try to update topics because they had been using stuff, you know, that had been around um, forever. So mm -hmm. so she received the Medal of Honor um, from President Andrew Johnson. That's right. Right? And then she loses the Medal of Honor, right? Yeah, she did. Um, in, oh my goodness. So in 1916? Yes, in 1916, Congress um, decided to revamp um, what qualifies 
um, someone to receive the Medal of Honor. Uh, so they they had decided that it was um, it was going to be in combat with the enemy is the only way you would receive the Medal of Honor. So then in 1917, the um, oh my goodness, the board of awards. Um, sorry, the board of awards did a, a review of all of the soldiers who received a Medal of Honor during the Civil War. Um, and they went back and decided that Dr. Walker, along with 910 other recipients during the Civil War, were going to have their medals rescinded. Um, so they pulled them all back on them. So they, they asked them to all like surrender their medals of honor. And interesting, too, I was telling you earlier, uh, the famous Wild Bill Hickok, Hickok, mm -hmm. Hitchcock, Hickok, 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 Hitchcock's the <laughs> author. He also had his rescinded during this right. as well. Mm -hmm. So she had to give her Medal of Honor back? How did Mary Walker respond to that? Yeah, that's right. Um, when they rescinded the, the Medal of Honor, they were given, a, I guess you could say, like a, a certain amount of time, a time frame um, or a window to return the Medal of Honor. Um, Dr. Walker was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, she wasn't giving hers back. Um, she had tried everything she could, um, to get a brevet promotion to major. Um, and the, um, they, they just said, no, no, you're not getting it because you were never commissioned. Um, you're not part of the army. You're, you're not enlisted. You're, there's just no way we're not giving you this promotion. Um, and so when president Johnson, decided, well, it doesn't matter. I've still got to find a way to recognize her. And he came up with the Medal of Honor. She, once she received that, she was like, mm -mm, this is mine. Like, nobody's taking this away from me. You gave this to me. I earned this. Um, and as a woman, there's no way you're going to strip me of this. Like, good luck, Chuck. <laughs> so you said brevet. What's, explain just to the listeners. I mean, I know because of what I study, but what's a brevet promotion? Um, well, a brevet promotion is, it's an old term. So it's, it's the former way, um, of how a, an officer would be commissioned or promoted in the army. Um, and it was always by outstanding service. Um, the only downside was that when they were promoted to a higher rank, they wouldn't get paid. To oh. that rank. <laughs> so like a corporal in the army today, a corporal is the same rank as a specialist on pay, but lots more responsibility. So we work them harder. We pay them the same as they were getting before they were a corporal. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yep. <laughs> wow. Okay. So basically she was fighting to be a major. So, I mean, I don't want to mix up words here, but um, that would have been major if they made her major. <laughs> All right. So she didn't give her award back, but on That's paper... Right. She didn't have a Medal of Honor anymore. That's right. And on paper, they had stripped her of it. She was back to being just Dr. Mary E. Walker. Um, but she she held on to her medal. She kept it um, all the way through until the day that she passed away. All right. So, I mean, I noticed that she's still listed on the um, Medal of Honor Society website as having a Medal of Honor. So, why? Well... As it turns out, um, her great-grandniece 
um, decided that she was going to put up the fight for Dr. Walker, that she wanted Dr. Walker's um, Medal of Honor to be reinstated. Um, so she took the fight to Cap Capitol Hill. She um, took all of the information she had about Dr. Walker, and she fought for it. Um, one of the main reasons why her Medal of Honor was reinstated, I believe, personally, was because Dr. Walker was a prisoner of war for four months during the Civil War. Um, she had been tending sick people close to the Confederates. The Confederates arrest, arrested her, said, of course, she was a spy, and they threw her in Thunder Castle in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, it was a horrible place. She had wrote about it. Um, but the whole time she was in there, she wasn't looking after herself. She was looking after both sides of the prisoners. So the Confederate prisoners, as well as the Union prisoners, prisoners, she just, she wouldn't give up no matter what. And at one point she was so sick, she still dragged herself to help the other soldiers and feed other soldiers before she even looked after herself. So then in, um... 1977, actually on the 10th of June, 1977, then-President Jimmy Carter reinstated her Medal of Honor. Jimmy Carter reinstated it. Yes. All those years later. 60 years after her death, yes. Because of her, who was it, her great? Her grandniece. Or her grandniece. Yes. Wow. That's um, that's good, though, because, I mean, I, I've, I've heard of a lot of presidents going back and looking at some of these cases. Um uh, President Clinton did it. I think President Obama did it. And Jimmy Carter reinstated this medal to her. Now, I also read somewhere that she used to wear her medal. Oh, uh, she, yeah. She kept wearing it. Yeah, she wore it every <laughs> single day of her life. Like, so defiant. She, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she um, she wore it everywhere she went. And in the end, um, when she passed away, she actually willed it to um, the Oswego County Historical Society because she was born in Oswego, New York. Um, so she wanted all of that fame, I guess, if you will, to go back to her um, hometown and her home county. So to this day, the Medal of Honor sits in the Oswego um, County Historical Society. So that's a missed opportunity for you and I because we just, we spent, what, three years at Fort Drum, New York? Yep. Which is about <laughs> 60 minutes from Oswego. I think that's we even right. went to Oswego yeah, I think to we pick did, up a yeah. drunk soldier one time, right? Who couldn't <laughs> yep. get home. Yeah, we sure did. And we missed an opportunity to see Dr. Walker's Medal of Honor. That's right. Wow. Um, so Dr. Inf Dr. Walker, I mean, she had leadership skills. She had, she was definitely an influence. And, and it's unfortunate that her story is not better known because I feel like she should be an influence for you know for little girls like this is somebody little girls should look up to and be like wow she just she fought for what she believed in absolutely she, she understood her values mm -hmm. and she wasn't willing to compromise on her values no. and um i think that speaks volumes of dr walker that's it yeah she she's she was definitely a force to behold i can imagine yeah, and and in that time period that had to be so difficult uh to be so defiant as a woman when, you know, in that time period, everybody believed, well, you belong in the kitchen or, you know, well, and that, out on the farm, you'd be out there right. milking cows. And, and a lot of women during the Civil War had to take on increased roles because their husbands were gone. Mm -hmm. They were fighting. So these women were running these households very much like the Army Wives of today when we deploy. 
That's you, because right. you're my army wife. When I deploy, you run the household. Every aspect that we say, oh, taking out the trash is a man's job. You do that. And Dr. Walker was doing that uh, during the Civil War. That's right. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. It's just an awesome <laughs> story. I think it's perfect for Women's History Month. And uh, I really want to thank you for uh, helping me out with it. And I'm going to tell you what, I'd like to do another Women's History Month episode of Instinctive Influencers POI. Would you mind sharing maybe your favorite author and talk about how they are an influence? I can definitely do that if you like. I think that would be awesome. I'd like to hear more about somebody who actually influences you and something you really enjoy. I think it'd be amazing. Um, We can work on that and get that out this month as well. I'd appreciate it. Do you have anything else for the listeners before we wrap this up um nope i think i think i'm good the only well the only thing to to remind everyone is that um friday march 8th is actually international women's day so if you want to look it up and 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 do some research on it that would be i guess awesome for you um it's just you know about women and and everything that they've overcome um everything they still continue to overcome and it's a way to appreciate them and value them for for their hard work and dedication and everything they do and like i always like to say <laughs> and, and, and it'll give lifelong you lifelong learning, learning. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks again for joining us uh to the listeners out there hey get on the closed facebook page one-on-one influence um, check us out. Oh, I'll put some links in too for um, all of the different um, websites and the books that I, I used for research on Dr. Walker. Okay, we'll get that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, check out our Facebook page. Check us out on um, Instagram. Yep. Check us out on, where else am I? Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> you can check us out on all those sites. We put out the information. We'll put links down there. And let us know what you think. And if you enjoyed this episode, like Tam, like Tam said, go out there, do a little bit of extra research. Um, one of the books that I have that's really good for this type of stuff, especially with Women's History Month, is I actually have a book that is 100 Most Influential Women of All Time. Um, so th- those are good tools, and there's nothing wrong with learning. I think that Mary Walker was in a book that I had, Greatest Medal of Honor Stories Ever Told, and... It's like 11, 12 pages. It's not a long read. So check that stuff out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And until next time, this has been... Tammy. And I am Ed. (laughs) And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast.